So maybe it's that mindset. Like people are like, oh, well, if it's free, it must not be good. But the actually the opposite is true. I have to earn your payment. Uh, so if you didn't think it was very good, then I don't make anything and I can't survive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the currently last episode of The Low Season, a podcast about tour guides, tourism, and the future of travel. I'm Wouter Bernhardt, a tour guide from Berlin, and currently I'm gauging how my fellow tour guides are navigating the pandemic. After 130 conversations, resulting in 64 episodes with guests from all over the world, it's time to take a breather and reassess where I want the format to go from here. Before we go, though, I have one more very enthusiastic guest today for you. Kandon Arcienega has been a tour guide in Washington, D.C. for the past 10 years and runs her own company called Free Tours by Foot. We talk about toddlers, running a business during the pandemic, and why virtual tours are currently not worth it. Here is Kandon Arcienega. Yeah, we are, it's all so confusing. And I think everything changes daily. So my I'm I'm a tour guide. I run a tour company. All of my income is based on tours. My husband is a musician. All of his income is based on doing performances. So neither of our jobs are happening right now. We technically still have our jobs. <laughs> um, like it's just they're not bringing it. We don't get us. We don't get salary. We don't get um, uh, money. We're not doing anything that brings us in money. Uh, we are fortunate that we have some savings um, that we've been um, holding on to. And um, we are both on unemployment through our state right now. Um, and we both get the federal uh, bonus. My company just got approved for the PPP loan. Um, that may help me figure out my salary for the next couple of weeks, though it is such a cluster and we're all still figuring out how it works. I, I am not sure if it works out or not. Uh, so we are getting some money from the government uh, for our individual salaries. Uh, the hard part is now more than ever, I think we're working more because we're trying to keep relevant and we're trying to keep our names out there. So when our jobs come back, people are like, oh, that tour company did all of these cool things uh, during quarantine or this this guy did all these great online music lessons. Um, so we're working more, even though we're getting paid nothing, which is just kind of demoralizing. Um, but at least it's, you know, at least they're jobs we both love, uh, and we're getting better at the things that we didn't have time to do before. Uh, but we also have, I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old who are with us constantly. Uh, <laughs> we are bribing him with television right now. That's pretty good though. The television works. No, tell me a little bit about that. Um, um, yeah, sort of taking care of kids because that's basically a full-time job. If, yeah, if oh you want gosh, to. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. <laughs> Yeah, I so my youngest, she just turned one in the beginning of April. Um, so she's always been at home. She hasn't been in daycare. And uh, while I am a tour guide, most of what I do is the admin and the social media and like kind of the business side of things. So I've always worked at home with at least one of the kids. Uh, she she naps a lot. Um well, she used to. Now she's down to one nap a day. Um, so before before COVID, uh, I could get some work done during nap time. And she was a kind of OK entertaining herself while the older one was at daycare. Now that he is home, it has been a big change. So we don't get a lot of um, 
work done during the day. Uh, we try to we generally just do things late at night after they go to bed. Um, let's let's talk a little bit a bit about tour guiding because you have yeah, your yes. your own business and and um, are yeah sort of quite full on in in Washington D.C. Let me can you first. Tell me a little bit because many of us uh, either have not been to Washington D.C. before, don't know so much about it. So why why do people go to D.C.? What's 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 the main attractions there, and and then what do you focus on specifically? Yeah, I think the draw to Washington D.C. has actually been changing for the last couple of years. Uh, when I first started ten years ago, it very much was local, kind of uh, American based. Uh, tourists from the states were coming. We get a lot of school gr- groups, school groups that are coming in for the civics, politics, uh, the memorials, um, kind of very much American history, American government focused uh, interest coming to Washington D.C. Whereas the international guests would go up to New York. Uh, but I feel like a lot, the, a lot of that has been changing in the last couple of years. D.C. really does have a great music and food scene, uh, and we can really segue into any historical topic from Washington, D.C. So we've been starting the last couple of years um, until now getting a lot more international guests. D.C. is known for having a lot of free things. Um, our biggest museums are the Smithsonian museums, and they're all free. You don't need tickets to most of them. Just walk right in. Uh, you could tour the Capitol for free. You can tour the Library of Congress for free. Uh, so it's very it, it was very big um, for budget travelers because there's just so much to do here that you don't have to don't have to pay for, which is actually kind of the model of our tour company. Uh, so we do name your own price tours that most of the tours you just book and show up. You don't have to pay anything in advance. And then you pay at the end what you thought it was worth. Is this a, is this a model that that, that is Common in Washington no, D.C. No, uh, it is not. Why? Why was the? Like, why isn't? Why isn't this a thing in in the states? Because I, it is true. It's like Berlin. We've got all kinds of models, but the, the free tour business model is very very big here. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I don't. Maybe it's the American mindset. And I I will be honest. I kind of always um, compared it to how I buy wine. <laughs> so uh, I always buy the middle priced wine. The really cheap wine, I, it must not be very good if it's really cheap, uh, and I can't afford the very expensive wine, so I go for the middle wine. So maybe it's that mindset, like people are like, oh well, if it's free, it must not be good. But the actually the opposite is true. Uh, if you don't have to, you have, I have to earn your payment. Uh, so if you didn't think it was very good, then I don't make anything, and I can't survive. On, on nothing. Um, so I have to be very good to make sure that people are going to want to pay me enough to survive. So our tour guides are by far the best um, because they've been able to survive for, I mean, most of our guides have been with us for about eight years now. Um, and they, this is all they do. So they have to be really good uh, if they're going into a job not doesn't guarantee a certain amount of pay. They have to work for it. Do you get a bit of do you get a bit of sort of flag for for being the free tour guide? Sort of like oh here come the <laughs> the, the sort of the, the the freebies or something like yeah, that. You know, we, there, we there's did. a bit of a reputation here in 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 Berlin, but I also figure in other cities that yeah the the free tour companies they don't hire the best guides. We did at first. So in Washington D.C., there's something called the Guild of Professional Tour Guides, which of course I joined immediately so I could be part of a guild. 
And they weren't so keen on us because they very much had the assumption that we hired, you know, college kids here for the summer or backpackers who who uh, are in D.C. for a few months uh, to make and giving tours to make some money to support their travels, which might be the case in other places. It is not here. We are all of us have almost all of us have master's degrees in history, education, museum studies, but all of us have bachelor's degrees in history. Uh, most of us used to teach, uh, so we have lots of education experience, uh, and we're all career tour guides. So we're licensed. Uh, this is our job year-round. We don't. It's not a part-time thing. Uh, we actually, my company, my policy in D.C. is we we don't hire seasonal guides. It is you're. It's all or nothing. This is not a the amount of training I have to give you. Then for you to only work for two months is not worth it on either of our sides. <laughs> what about your decision to to go abroad with your company? What 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 made you decide I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it in London? Yeah. So we've most of the cities we've expanded to are pretty much only because a guide who worked with us in one city that exists moved there. Uh, so we started in D.C. One of the guides, one of the partners of the company moved to New York uh, for personal reasons and said, why don't we start up in New York too? That worked great. Uh, one of the guides who worked for me in D.C. was originally from San Francisco and moved back home for personal reasons and said, why don't we start up San Francisco? And it worked great. Uh, so that was kind of the idea. It's just uh, people that we we work with, we trust, who have um great tour guiding skills and knowledge moved to a city where they were either from or they were moving to for for family reasons and they wanted to start up there and you know why not what 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 um like how do you set yourself apart like especially if you go to london for example uh there's so many tour guides there how how does your business tried to sort of say, no, but we do things this way. Yeah. In London, it's a bit harder because there are so many more name your own price free walking tour companies. Uh, we do. I mean, I think the service we provide is excellent. So we have great reviews. Uh, so that really kind of helps uh, helps us kind of get in there when people are looking for the best. Uh, other guests have declared us the best on their reviews and they find us first. We also focus a lot on um, local tours. So here in Washington, D.C., yes, everyone comes and they want to tour the National Mall to see the memorials and the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument. But if you live in D.C., you see those on your drive to work you may or may not want. So we do a lot of smaller neighborhood tours and theme tours. Uh, we have a lot of women's history tours. What we're known for in D.C. is the Lincoln assassination tour. And we try to replicate that in other cities as well. Really focused tours that require expert knowledge on a very specific neighborhood or or theme. Um, so we have lots of options for people. So you could come to, to any of our cities for a week and take a tour every day and it's a different tour. We have lots of repeat guests, uh, people who take our tours in every city or people who try to collect all of our tours, like, all right, I'm at, I'm here in this city, um, and I've already taken these five tours with you, uh, and they were excellent. So, what else do you offer? Because I want to hang out with you more. And, and what what do you do now? Because of course, at the moment, um, there is no tours, and I'm not sure exactly about the state of Washington D.C. at the moment, but it doesn't look like there's going to be any <laughs> tours soon. So, so tell me a little bit about what what's happening at the moment and how you see it 
develop? Uh, so we've, like everyone else, we've moved online. Uh, we have done lots of virtual tours. So our biggest thing in spring from March to June is school groups. So it's very much an American thing to do in the eighth grade. So about 13 years old, uh, you fundraise or pay or whatever, and your school group comes to D.C. for a few days. Uh, and all of those got canceled. So what we've been doing to those groups who had booked a tour with us uh, but had to cancel it, we've been calling into their virtual classrooms and doing virtual tours. Sometimes it's just the tour guide talking about American history, kind of giving the teacher a break <laughs> um, and teaching the civics lesson for them. But sometimes we've been utilizing a lot of historic footage and images and Google Maps uh, and screen sharing uh, what we can, what we've set up so they, the students are looking at something. Uh, so it's kind of like they're taking a tour. They're just they're at home. Um, and we've been doing so much stuff on social media. Uh, we have each month we have a different theme, uh, like a very specific thing that that we're talking about on our our social media pages, whether it's, you know, Instagrams or uh, or um, infographics, the topics of our podcast, Tour Guide Tell All. Uh, we do lots of videos on our YouTube channel. It's been so much fun. <laughs> so so do you, do you see this as something, this whole focus on online and virtual, do you see this being just to keep the name of your brand afloat right now? Or do you see some actual, um, yeah, sort of content for it or sort of potential for it in the future as well? Because this is, it's something that I, I've been wondering and speaking to a lot of guides about. A lot of the people are on the fence. Many people just don't know how to do it. Other people are just jumping full ahead in there. I, I'm, I'm just wondering a little bit about demand for it and especially the demand for it once we get to, to guiding again a little bit. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on that? I honestly, from what I have seen from our purposes, the demand's really not there even now because I think the market's so flooded. Everything has an online virtual tour or a live stream. Uh, we've scaled back everything we're doing just because it wasn't worth our time. So right now, mostly we're focusing on the things that we enjoy doing. Um, podcast the podcast our youtube videos all of which were things that we knew how to do and some, like the youtube videos we've been doing for years um so we just we just kept on doing it the podcast we're going to continue even when tour guiding starts back because it's so much fun i listened to the churchill one. Oh, good yeah it's just something we enjoy doing anyway uh it would be nice in the future if we could record a podcast face to face like the two people sitting next to each other rather than via zoom um but uh we'll continue that but no the the demand for for virtual tours is not there we're not making any money on it um it is something we are doing in the hopes of keeping our company relevant for when tours do start and to keep our sanity <laughs> Absolutely. I think that is one of the most important reasons now to sort of stay sane and, and hope that it's all going to get better at some point. Exactly. Um, now, I think also for many people, it's still engaging with the cities that they guide in, the content that they usually um, deliver, uh, trying to come up with creative ways to, to, yeah, maybe also for the future to, to do new tours. But but it is, it is exactly what I'm saying or wondering is like, Especially with all, not just the content that other tour guides are putting out there, but just like in general videos out there on the internet. People are making so much. How how are we going to compete with all of that? You know, it's um, 
Yeah, it's difficult. It seems difficult. It is. And like there are I I do think ours are pretty good. We can compete with the people who have just started, but I can't compete with the Smithsonian. <laughs> so Sure. Sure. They have professional videographers on staff. What 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 are your what are your plans for the next couple of months? Uh, do you do you think maybe in a month or two three you'll be doing some tours again or are you just still focusing on the kids, the mill and making a podcast? Yeah, so I so I get a salary uh, or I did. I got a salary. <laughs> um, but we have four full time guides in Washington, D.C. who don't get salaries their entire because they don't they don't do anything other than work. <laughs> uh, so their income is solely based on tours. So when tours resume, I'm giving them first priority. Um, they didn't give any tours in March, but I still got my salary in March. Uh, so I'm better off uh, for that. So even when tours resume, I personally won't be giving tours for a while because I want them to have the first uh, the first thing. We are going to try to start tours as soon as it's safe. Um, we are not doing any interior tours. It's only outdoors. Uh, we're going to keep groups to 10 people or less. Um, we're going to get away with cash payments. Everything needs to be virtual. So basically, we can very much... Uh, uh, social distance tours. <laughs> um, and we're going to focus on tours locals might want to take because people probably aren't coming into Washington, D.C., but people who are already in D.C. who've been stuck in their homes for a couple months might, might want to go explore their neighborhood to see what it's all about. Uh, so we're as a company, uh, we'll probably start that hopefully July. Um, I say that with a question mark because I honestly don't know, but it probably won't be any earlier than July. Um, and then me personally, I will, I'm trying to push for moving to the mill for the summer, uh, so we can work down there. I don't know if it'll happen. The internet there is not very good. <laughs> so, um, I very much live in modern times and can't not have the internet, but we're not paying. We, I had to, I had to take my son out of daycare, even if they're closed right now, but if they reopen, we can, we can't afford it. Daycare is very expensive. Uh, so there's. He's already home with us. Might as well go somewhere with a bigger backyard. Well, Canon, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. Uh, this was really, really great. Um, I really appreciate your insights in your own business. And um, I, I really hope that it's going to pick up soon. Um, for now, I hope that all of you are going to stay safe over the next couple of months because it still looks like uh, there might be a couple of bumps here along the way. Um, but I hope that maybe also we can um, speak again in the future. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much. That was Kendon Arcinega from Washington, D.C. There is no demand for virtual tours, Kendon says, whether it's because the market is flooded with people starting their own online presence or because we'd have to compete with all other forms of online entertainment, it still seems very hard to make any business out of online tours. And even if some people were to succeed, it's not really a long-lasting solution for all the tour guides that are currently unemployed, let alone for all the people that rely on the physical presence of tourists, like cafes, restaurants, and hotels. If you want to find out more about Candon and her company, Free Tours by Foot, I put up an adequate bunch of links in the show notes. And I've also put up a link to her podcast called Tour Guide Tell All. Dear listeners of The Low Season, this was for now the very last episode of this podcast. I need some time to think about where to go with the format and if I could mold it into another vessel for future travel and sustainable tourism. And for that, I need your help. If you've been listening to and enjoyed any of the past 64 episodes I've put out there, 
If it inspired you to think differently about what tourism can be, I'd be eternally grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. It's a two-minute job, but it would help me immensely to propel the podcast forward and be able to create a whole new season of interesting and thought-provoking conversations. I want to thank you so much for listening. It was a, a blast making the show so far. From the early therapeutic sessions about the loss of work and purpose to the more in-depth conversations about the health and sustainability of our industry, the low season has helped me to see the work that we do and the value we provide in a completely different light. The Low Season, as always, is produced by me, Wouter Bernhardt. Music is by Mark Schilders. Artwork is by CC White. None of this would have been possible without the unwavering support of my significant other, Georgia Ryungu, without whose keen eye and witty words the podcast would have remained a sleepy little backwater. I wish you all well and hope that we can speak soon, my friends.